the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Really focus on the vision component of your firm. And it's like, that is a really hard thing to nail down. Like, what exactly does this look like now? What is it going to look like a quarter from now, a year from now, five years, 10 years down the road? And sort of once you can set those goals, focus on your vision, your marketing falls into place, your team falls into place, and you have alignment and you're all rowing in the same direction. And when those things happen, it's amazing. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? How are you, Tyson? We have some little friends in the background today. Yeah, I am at home with the kiddos, and it's just me, so you all are going to enjoy my kiddos in the background. I'll keep it on mute as much as I can, but uh, I can't promise anything. We're very excited to have a longtime supporter of the podcast, Ryan McKean, on today's show. Ryan's a, a very successful lawyer out of Connecticut. He's a big supporter of Maximum Lawyer, and we're very excited to have you here. Ryan, thanks for joining <laughs> us. Thanks for having me, Jim. So Ryan, tell us a little bit about your firm. I know more about your firm than probably most, but tell people about your firm and how you got started in your story. Sure. I'll start with the beginning. I was uh, an associate at a general practice firm. I practiced for six and a half years, and I became, I think, what Seth Godin would describe as a heretic. And I said, you know what? We can do things that are much different and improve the way we deliver legal services to our clients and also improve our lives because i mean the firm i was at was very traditional i mean you know dress down was like you didn't wear a tie when you came into the office on saturday but you were you were still in a shirt and jacket so i read the steve jobs biography and i just became inspired and sort of infatuated with the idea of building a real modern legal practice and from there i did i think maybe what a lot of folks do and literally i was on vacation and I had a few uh, gin and tonics in me, and I messaged a friend in Facebook Messenger, and I said, hey, you want to start a law firm? And um, that um, probably was maybe the most random message that that person had probably ever received, I'd, I'd hope. And so we started talking from there, and I went out and we founded a firm. And I spent six months planning the firm before I left my job and, and launched and um, that didn't work out, man. That, that didn't work out very, very quickly. You know, we had no 
real vision for what we were going to be, except, hey, we're going to be this great law firm and people will hire us because they like us. And within probably six months after that, we weren't talking. Within a year after that, we weren't partners at all. And I was back on my own, not back on my own, I was on my own as a true solo starting over. So I started as a solo doing basically what I always did. I had an eye on trying to do personal injury work, but I needed to pay bills. So I was doing housing work, probate work, family work, criminal work, you know, pay the bills work really is what, what it was while working on personal injury. And I did that and I had some success at it. And ultimately a friend or somebody who had read my blog, a guy by the name of Andrew said, you know, he said, hey, wanna have lunch? And I said, yeah. So he and I started talking and he ended up becoming a, a tenant of mine, uh, subleasing some space. We became of counsel and we said, you know, we kept talking. And three years ago, we switched into being Connecticut trial firm, but we were sort of siloed, each doing our own individual practices, still focusing on personal injury. And then last January, we really merged our practices into one firm focusing exclusively on personal injury. And right now we've got my wife, Allison, who is an attorney. She works for me. She does finance and she does some content creation, sort of think of her as almost an office manager. We have Sarah, our litigation paralegal. We have Jackie who does our intakes and we just hired Maria to do a pre-lit position and my longtime paralegal Ruth, who has been with me since I started practicing law 13 years ago, she's with us and she works part-time picking up uh, the pieces and that's where we are. Brian, I'd like to talk a little bit about the law firm that didn't work. And obviously you can, you can share or hold back whatever you like. And my questions are, what do you think was the biggest problem with the firm? How did you realize that? And what did you learn from that? I think the biggest problems were twofold. One of which was undercapitalization. We started our firm, I started the firm with my partner, and I think we each made $2,500 contributions. And at the time that seemed like a lot of money, but when you're trying to run a practice, that goes really fast. And you know, when the money becomes really tight, it creates a insurmountable, I think, amount of, or can create an insurmountable amount of stress. I mean, I remember one day we had a small credit card, I think of $5,000 that was maxed out. We had $76, I think, in our operating funds, and my debit card declined at a parking meter as I was trying to drive to another lawyer's office to pick up a personal injury settlement check because we needed to deposit it as opposed to just waiting for it to come in the mail. So that's, that's thing number one. And I think thing number two is we had no real defined purpose. We had no real defined reason for existing other than like, hey, let's start this cool law firm. And that only gets you so far. And we succeeded, we succeeded in a lot of ways. And I think we've both through that experience have uh, laid groundwork for successful practices in different arenas. But yeah, lack of vision, lack of money. Can I just jump in real quick, Tyson, and say something about that? Yep. I read an article a couple of years ago in ESPN, the magazine, and they did a survey to figure out who had been the most successful NFL coaches. And it was the coaches who had coached one time before. So I think 
that idea of, of starting a second time and, you know, remembering everything that you learned, I think that's, that's really important. Massively. I'm grateful for the experience. And I think undercapitalization is one of those things where people think, I'll just put a, hang out my shingle and I don't need any money, I can do it. And in some practice areas, I, I sort of think that that's okay. But when you get into PI, especially if you're going to do it the right way, Ryan, you're 100% right. You've got to have the money to do it. I mean, you've got to have at least access to the money, even if you don't have the money, because you spend a lot of money on PI cases. So, But I want you to talk about how you bolster your firm with technology, because you do a really good job with technology bolstering your firms. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I mean, that's been one of the visions through you know, from the very beginning. I mean, hey, like, you know, the idea for the firm comes from reading the Steve Jobs book. And it's like what we didn't have at the time at all was staff or money for staff. And when you're starting out with, you know, $2,500 or $5,000 in a capital account, man, that goes quick. So it was the notion that we need to be, in order to exist, we need to be super efficient. And so there's been a perpetual focus over the years on adopting technology that we believed was best in class, even if it meant it was more expensive at the time, things that we could grow into and things that we can use. And really, you know, aside from the team we have assembled now, I mean, that is the number one driver of our growth. Without our systems and our, and our technology, we would be, I think, completely run over at this point by, by our caseload. I read the Steve Jobs book and I found it to be fascinating as well. What were your big takeaways from it? My big one was that Steve Jobs wasn't a very nice person, but also that he really believed in elegance and design and simplicity. And so what did you take away from Isaacson's biography of him? I took away the same things I think you did. We talk a lot about design of a law firm. We talk a lot about essential things and, and, and trying to pare down what we do so it's simple and usable and accessible to our teammates and our and our clients. And I and I also think that one of the things I think I took away from it was to embrace sort of being a pirate. And that's sort of how we see ourselves. Like we we are not the Navy and enjoy that. That's a spirit that's in that's in our DNA. So my guess, Ryan, is that you started your initial firm, you got a bunch of advice, you started your your next firm after the first one didn't go so well, you got a bunch of advice. What would you say is the best piece of advice you've gotten? Oof. The best piece of advice I think that I've gotten in general is to really focus on the vision component of your firm. And it's like, that is a really hard thing to nail down. Like, what exactly does this look like now? What is it going to look like a quarter from now, a year from now, five years, 10 years down the road? And sort of once you can set those goals, focus on your vision, your marketing falls into place, your team falls into place, and you have alignment and you're all rowing in the same direction. And when those things happen, and which is what's happening right now on our team, it's amazing. And I think that otherwise, when you don't have that really crystal clear vision as to where you're going, what you're doing, you waste an immense amount of energy on things that don't matter or don't get you ahead. Ryan, talk a little bit about that. Talk a little bit about trying to get your technology set up in a way that's going to allow you to, as you said, grow into it. I think that's really important. I was really glad I got in on Infusionsoft early on because having to switch systems can be tough. And so talk about some of the technological things that you've done to sort of track where you think your firm's going to go. What we did is a little over a year ago, 
after vetting a bunch of systems, we landed on Filevine, and we were really impressed with what they were doing. And and frankly, I think at the time it was sort of taking a sledgehammer probably to a nail. But it was like, no, no, no. This is software that we can use. That we can we can implement systems. It does everything that we want to do, and really sort of reflects our values as a firm. And it's taken probably a year, and we're constantly tweaking it to improve it. But realizing like we are exclusively an injury firm. I gave up a real estate practice. I've given up family work. I've given up all sorts of different other kinds of work, and focusing on exactly those systems. So that's been huge for us. The other things that have been huge for us is we basically said all our legal stuff has to exist in Filevine. Everything related to cases has to exist in Filevine. We use Slack for our internal communication system, which the adaptation to that and the team using that is is fantastic. And we also we created a private Wikipedia page using software that integrates with Slack called Tetra that really allows us to document every single thing that we do, Jim. I mean, we try to put in like, okay, here's how you make coffee. Here's here's our contact for, you know, Filevine Tech. Here's uh, the marshal we use when we file a case in New London. All the sort of small pieces, that exists there. So what we're trying to do on a daily basis is get knowledge out of our head on everything we do. Ryan, we have a question from Ryan Locke. He says, ask Ryan about his best hiring advice. He is going to hire a paralegal next month to replace his current one who is going to grad school. So what's your best hiring advice? My best hiring advice is to, I think it's, we hired Sarah, our paralegal in January, and she's she's a rock star. I mean, she messaged me. She said, I had trouble sleeping last night. And she said, I was so I went in and I, I was banging out our prelit systems and Filevine and Tetra and at you know between ten and one in the morning and I'm like wow that's awesome but my first conversation with Sarah was you know it was literally about the tech we use about about the way in which we use it and about our notion that we are doing we're we're doing two things at once right we're always working a case but we're also refining our systems and getting her to, she loved that idea and she's really competent at what she does. And so having somebody who is culturally inclined to do it and has the technical skills necessary, that's where you're gonna get your home runs. And you know, we hired an intake specialist who had never worked in a law firm. She had most recently worked as a baker in Whole Foods and um, Starbucks and whatnot, but she had a tremendous amount of empathy. She's who you want answering your phones and clients love her. And we knew we could work with her into our systems, even though she didn't have legal experience. And she's also been a home run. Hey, Ryan, where did you find these employees? Um, We found uh, Jackie, our receptionist on Indeed. We posted an ad there. And Sarah, our paralegal, came from a referral from another attorney. Ryan, where do your best cases come from? And and talk to us a little bit, too, about your blog, about your Connecticut law blog. Um, My best cases come from really two sources equally, one of which is attorney referrals. We welcome injury referrals. We, We have systems in place, I think, that deliver for our referral sources. That's number one. Number two at this point is really online. It's a combination of Avvo, Google My Business, Online reviews, those kinds of things also convert for us. 
I'm sorry, Jim, your second question? It was about your blog. Tell us about your blog. Yeah, I started my I started blogging in 2007 basically because my firm website I said sucked. It's like this is this is terrible. And so I started writing and my vision at the time for the blog was you're sort of a young lawyer. Somebody's like, "Well, why don't you write an article for like the Connecticut Law Tribune or something?" And I was like, "Well, man, why write an article for them? Why don't I try to be the Connecticut Law Tribune?" And so I launched my blog and I would write about anything and everything legal related. And um, that allowed me to stumble into things. And, I, and I, encourage, I encourage this. I know we talk about focus and vision, but sometimes real magic happens when you're just curious. And um, in 2010, I just wrote a post about what the qualifications were to be attorney general. It was election season. And then I wrote a follow-up post because I realized that the main candidate for the office did not meet the legal qualifications. And so I wrote this post and I came in one morning, my paralegal said, well, Ruth said to me, what, what did you do? And I mean, what do you, I'm like, feed me what I did. She's like, NBC, Fox, you know, Boston Globe, all these people are in your inbox uh, looking to talk to you. And I said, oh boy. And so what happened is it ended up in a Connecticut Supreme Court case the Supreme Court actually sided with my the arguments that I proposed on my legal blog, and that sort of got me awareness or publicity or whatever that is almost impossible to buy. And since then, I've changed up the blog. Now I write exclusively on personal injury, and my vision is to make it you know an absolute free resource for that. So, Ryan, I'm going to freak some people out. Artificial intelligence is coming. I want you to talk about a little bit about your thoughts on that. I can't wait. <laughs> you know, I think that right now the key is to, at least internally, getting your data into systems that will ultimately allow you to support artificial intelligence. Because someday FileVine is not going to be a series of tabs and things. It's going to be, you know, what do I have to do today? Oh, you've got, you know, court coming up on this. You've got this. You know, hey, we need, can you generate a letter of representation on the Smith case? And off it's going to go. Or the client contacts you and says, you know, hey, what's an update on my case? And FileVine will spit out to the client or some software, you know, whatever, who knows what will exist in 10 years, saying, you know, well, look, you've got court coming up in two weeks. Or, you know, we're waiting on medical records from Dr. So-and-so. So I think that there's going to be, you know, fantastic efficiencies on the operational side. But I think it's going to require the people who are going to be able to, I think, profit from this are ones who are going to who are focusing right now on their systems, their processes and in their data. There's tremendous value in the data. And I think with um, law marketing, the same thing. It's like, you know. People are going to sit there and they're going to say, hey, I need a immigration lawyer in St. Louis. And, you know, Alexa is going to say, well, hey, Jim Hacking is your guy. So you need to be building content for that. And there are a ton of resources that are out there that are beyond me for people to start laying the groundwork for that. But I think right now, in terms of all of it, like, yeah, audio, visual, that's all beachfront property right now. That's pretty available on the cheap. That won't be in, you know, three, five years. Ryan, do you think coming in the future that firms will remain small, that, that will continue to have small firms? I think we're more nimble. I think we're more agile and more able to work on the fly. I think some of the bigger firms get sort of stodgy and stuck in their ways, and I think it's a real opportunity for a small firm and solos. I think so as well. I think for the foreseeable future, that's the way. 
I think perhaps sort of like long-term trends and who knows what we're talking about, Jim, 20 years, 15 years, I think you will see like national players. I think you're, you're going to see, you know, like a CVS for law firms or, or, or things like that, that come into the space, which are sort of, it's sort of almost what's happened in the medical profession, you know, regional, national or whatnot. But now I think, yeah, it's a great time to be a small firm and it's going to be for, I don't know, as far as I can see pretty much. Funny, I don't know where I stand on this. I, I, I've been thinking about this for quite a long time, and I don't. And there are people like Seth Godin that say we're going to remain small and go start to head down that route, where you, you as the attorney, are going to be the guy uh, or woman. Or there are other people where, where, which are mostly PI attorneys that I talk to, that say that there, there are going to be these gigantic conglomerates. And I'm not really sure where I fall. I think there will be a disservice to most clients if it does go towards the, the big conglomerate. But hopefully, it doesn't go that way. But Right. I like to ask this question because it's, it's sort of revealing. What do you think your biggest struggle is? My biggest struggle is myself, no question. I sometimes hyper-focus on my business in a way that I'm not present with my family sometimes. I have, in the past, I don't know, three years, gained 50 pounds. I used to run marathons and run them pretty fast, and um, I'm not doing that anymore. My diet has suffered. My sleep has suffered. Basically, um you know, you could look at it and you could say, like, I'm slowly, like, killing myself doing this stuff. And that is a massive problem because it's sort of like, you know, if, if if I don't make it past 45 or something, like, that's that's a really, I can look at it a lot of ways, but I can look at it as a business failure as well. So making the time, setting those boundaries where I'm turning off, where I am focusing on my health is really in treating it as if it's a business problem. Yeah, that's my biggest that's my biggest thing. Yeah. I can totally relate to that. I I get caught up in this I want to save the world. I want to be a big player in the legal community. I want to have this kick-ass podcast with my little friend Tyson and then I sacrifice my own health and sanity. So I I can totally relate to that. And I appreciate you sharing that. And I think that is a quote-unquote threat or a, a problem for every firm because you know and the, the other thing too is just making the firm too dependent on us so yep. if we're not healthy if we're not taking care of ourselves and everything where the center spoke then if something does happen to us then a lot of people are out of a job and the thing sort of collapses no doubt hey ryan how did you find the maximum lawyer how did you find our podcast probably through the fisher's mastermind group i i think that's probably where where i picked up Ryan, what's your favorite episode? I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> the episodes that stand out for me, I really liked uh, Craig Goldenfarb's episode. I most recently liked um, Charles Boyk's episode a ton. Seth Price. I mean, really, all all of those are the ones that stand out. Oh, Michael Weiner's episode I loved. So I think there's a pattern in the ones that you like. I think you Absolutely. like the firms. I think you like the ones where someone has created a firm where lots of people are then working at that firm doing sort of different pieces of it where it's not all based on just, I mean, Greg has a team of 45 people. Seth built his website company and his law firm where, with lots of other pieces. So I think and it's funny because those are the ones that I find myself drawn to too. Yeah, I think I think that that's absolutely right because I think I think that those are the problems that I struggle with. I forget... I think it was one of your podcasts that mentioned, like, you know, 
really one of the ways for growth was we were understaffed for way, way, way too long. You know, a year ago, it was me, basically a part-time, two part-time paralegals, Ruby receptionist, and that put a tremendous, tremendous strain on us. And realizing that sort of for the next level of growth and for actual sustainable growth, I was going to need to leverage the time and talents of others, you know, and now I've got Sarah who, you know, can't sleep and she's preparing our systems for a pre-lit paralegal who's going to join us in, you know, 10 days. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Brian, give us a little peek into your into your vision. What what do you see in the future for your firm? What I see in the future for our firm is, you know, first of all, continued growth in the Connecticut space. We absolutely want to become, you know, and, and this is sort of an amorphous thing and it's pointless, but it's like we want to become really Connecticut's best injury firm. And that's priority number one. You know, priority number two is the idea that we've been toying with in, you know, sort of I talked about earlier where we're trying to build, work our cases and build our systems. I think priority number two is really licensing some of the stuff that we do internally to firms across the country who are looking to do legal stuff. I mean, the real nitty gritty of our systems, of our file vine, of all of that. And I think that that's phase number two, and that will require changes at our firm in terms of right now I have an active caseload of, you know, 75 cases that needs to get trimmed down and probably trimmed down to a few cases and then ultimately at some point none. I totally relate to that too. I mean, that's my that's my goal is to get to that place. I'm going to try to get there as much as I can by the end of the year. Ryan, I know we're, we're running short on time, so I, I want to respect your, your day. What do you think you're going to be doing as far as growing the firm? What, where do you see things headed? And, and as far as staffing, what do you think is going to happen? As far as staffing, we, you know, and this helped, uh, Fisher's Mastermind uh, really helped with this. And it's really proceeding with a linear workflow, whereas, you know, we have intake, goes from intake to pre-lit to lit. My partner, Andrew, overseeing all of the litigation or all of the firm's cases, really, in managing it through meeting and reporting features that we have in Filevine, that's sort of step number one. The next step in our growth is hiring an attorney because we get our time eaten up uh, a lot with depositions and things that we, we essentially probably don't have to be there for but can't get out of at this point. And, you know, in terms of, you know, growing the firm, I've got a Connecticut personal injury book coming out. You know, we've got marketing plans. Michael Liner gave me some great ideas for that. You know, how to use those books, you know, in terms of, you know, getting them really out to the first responders, getting them out to the media saying, you know, here, you guys come and have comment on personal injury cases. You know, my book is going to be on your shelf. And, you know, those are the ways in which we're going to grow the firm. And as we sort of beef up our legal process, I will step over into what is at this point considered critical cases, you know, five or six of the firm's highest value cases, and then ultimately out. I love it, Ryan. Well, we want to be respectful of your time and everyone else that's watching, so we're going to wrap things up. I do want to remind everyone to please give us a review on iTunes if you're enjoying this podcast. Also, go to the Facebook page and join the Facebook group there. There's a lot of discussion. But uh, we're going to get to our tip in the hack of the week. Jimmy, what's your hack? I actually have two hacks this week. My first hack is Tyson loves to bust on me for 
doing too many things myself, but I will. I was very happy to get this settlement check in the mail this week. And you'll notice it's handwritten by Tyson himself. And I believe there's software out there that will actually allow you to print out settlement checks and, and not write them out by hand. So if you have the ability to get that software, that's one of my hacks for the week. But my real hack for the week is to take the Colby Index. I took the Colby Index, uh, which is a assessment of your uh, cognitive functions and sort of how you make decisions and sort of where your strengths are. And so for me, it was very enlightening. I learned that I, on a scale of one to 10, I'm, I'm very much a quick start. So I'm very good at, at starting things. My follow through is not so good. So just being able to have a language to put that into and to just sort of see where my strengths are and my weaknesses. It really helped. It costs like 50 bucks to do it. If you go to Colby, K-O-L-B-E dot com, you should be able to find it. And we had our whole team do it. So at our next firm retreat, we're going to go over everybody's Colby so that we can talk about how we all give and receive tasks and information from each other. That's a really good one, Jim. I like that. That checks from the old firm. That's an old case. And so that's that's why that's it's handwritten. But anyways, Ryan, you know the routine. And what is your tip of the week? My tip of the week is drink water. I started up with a personal trainer about four four weeks ago now, and you know he said to me he weighed me, and then he says you know you need to be drinking half an ounce of water a day for every pound you need weigh, and I was like, oh my gosh, that that is just a, that is a massive amount of water, and um, it is, and I track it in my Fitbit app. Um, but drinking water, I have found, helps me break free of the caffeination carb cycle that is just, uh, that's really destroying me. And um, keeping that water in balance, carrying water 100 and, well, for me, you know, 100 and some odd ounces of water a day. Yeah, drink water, everything else can fall into place from there. That is a uh, really good tip. And you actually gave me that tip before. It's hard to drink that much water, but it's it's really good. So my tip is actually something you gave me, a tip that you gave me, and that's to read the book Traction. Traction is a really, really good book. I recommend it Get a Grip before, but they're both really, really good books. I think it's still in the, it's in the same vein as The Ultimate Sales Machine and things like that. So it's a really, really good book. All right, well, we'll wrap it up then. Ryan, thanks so much for being with us on the show. We really enjoyed having you here, and, and you're always welcome. You're a great contributor to the Facebook group. You always have good opinions, and we, we really like having you with us. Thank you guys for all you do. And thanks, Ryan. You're a great guest. We appreciate it. And, and I appreciate your friendship. You've given me a lot of great advice on our private Slack channel, so I really appreciate it. Thank you, Tyson. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.